Thank you all for that song. Indeed, we need the Lord um, each and every moment, each and every day. Uh, that's, a, that's a prayer we could pray every morning, right? Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Let's pray together. Lord, we do need you. We need you each moment. If we're even able to get out of the bed in the morning, it's because you provided. If we're able to do our work and spend time with our families, it's because you provided. Lord, we need you. We need you in every way. We need you again now to come and illuminate by your Spirit the reading and the proclamation of your Word. We pray that by your Spirit, that what is read and what is said would be pleasing unto you. We know your word is pleasing. It's always pleasing. It's always fruitful. I pray that you would also inspire this proclamation, that your people might gain something from it, that uh, you might be glorified, and that we might walk in a deeper relationship with you. We ask this in Christ's holy name. Amen. I'm going to read from Luke 5, verses 12 to 16, really focusing in on the, the, the final two verses. While he was in one of the cities, that is Jesus, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, can you make me clean? 
If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more... But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Thanks be to God. Amen. Last week, I shared an introduction to spiritual practices and suggested that you and I need a rule of life. Uh, where a rule of life, I think we have a slide here, is defined as a set of habits that you commit to in order to grow in love of God and neighbor. Or it has been defined as an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of all that we do. So what I want to do over the next few weeks is just to talk about some of those habits, some of those practices that we might... uh, participate in so that we can keep God at the center of our lives, so that we can grow in our love for God and neighbor. Today we begin with prayer. Uh, No surprise there, right? I mean, if you've spent any time in a church or around uh, pastors, somebody's always telling you to pray, pray, pray. You need to pray more. Uh, You've heard calls to pray many, many times. Social media is often flooded with prayer requests and people responding with I'm praying or with folded hands or some other symbol of prayer. I sometimes refer to those as uh, drive-by prayers. That is that you and I see or hear of an immediate need and we pray an immediate prayer. I do something similar when I'm out in the car and I see, for example, a car broken down on the, the side of the road. I often pray as I go by, Lord, I don't know what happened to their car, but I pray this family has the means uh, to restore their, their car and it won't uh, cause them too much burden. I like to pray for a church as I drive by it, or maybe I drive by a school and pray for that school and the protection uh, of the students. Though I think those spontaneous sorts of prayers are good, uh, and I believe God hears them. I believe God honors them. But I think we want to be more intentional in our prayers more intentional in our prayers. One of the good things that I believe has come out of Lauren Worley's very, very, very difficult situation is that a lot of people are intentionally praying right now. There's a lot of people intentionally praying for Lauren and her family. And I'm excited to witness that. It's been exciting to see what God is doing, the amazing things that that God is doing, how it's defined even what the doctors uh, think. And I believe this is really one of those God moments when God is calling all of us to be more intentional about our prayers, not just for Lauren, but for everyone and for situations all around us. John Onwacheka, pastor of Cornerstone Church in Atlanta, wrote in his little book titled Prayer, Prayer is Oxygen for the Christian. But the problem is, he said, we don't treat prayer like breathing. We treat it like prescription medication that we take 
to rid us of infection. And once the infection is gone, so is the frequency and the fervency of our prayers. We treat it like medication meant to rid us of an illness, but once the illness is gone, so is the frequency and fervency of prayers. So what I want to say to us today is we want to be more intentional about our prayers. We want to model Jesus who, according to Luke 5.16, would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Jesus also, of course, gives us an example of how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. When you get home today, look at uh, John chapter 17, the high priestly prayer. And it's a beautiful prayer. Uh, Just such a great model of praying. Jesus modeled an intentional habit of prayer. Verse 15 of Luke 5 tells us that great crowds were gathering around Jesus. He, He had healed a leper and others, and so great crowds were coming. More and more people wanted to hear him preach. More and more people wanted to be healed by Jesus. And you know, many of us in that situation would have been tempted to work harder. Let's build a bigger ministry. The people are coming. Let's keep this going. Let's keep ministering all night long. But what did Jesus do? Verse 16, He withdrew to desolate places to pray. And what I'm saying is there's times when we need to discern whether we keep it going or we withdraw. But it was Jesus' intentional habit to withdraw and discern that this was a time for prayer. I'm going to a desolate place and I'm going to intentionally pray. See, Jesus knew that He was too busy not to pray. He was too busy not to pray. He withdrew and He prayed. The Bible, of course, records many, many other people praying. Genesis 20, 17, Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech. Genesis 25, 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife and because she was barren. Exodus 8.30, Moses went out from Pharaoh and, and he prayed to the Lord. 1 Samuel 1.10, Hannah there uh, was deeply distressed and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. The entire book of Psalms is a record of David and others praying. The prophets prayed. The book of Daniel, for example, tells us in Daniel 16 that Daniel got down on his knees three times a day and he, gave, he prayed and he gave thanks before God. And, and interesting, Daniel must have been doing this all along because the text adds, as he had done previously. This was his habit to pray three times a day. The book of Acts, of course, records the disciples praying and the early church praying. In Acts chapter 1, they pray for who's going to be a Judas replacement. Uh, they pray and lay hands on the first deacons in Acts chapter 6. They, Paul and Silas pray. They pray while they're in prison and, the, and an earthquake comes and it shakes the prison and the gates fling open. Prayer after prayer in the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul urges us in his letters to pray, even telling us in 1 Thessalonians 5 to pray without ceasing. 
I think we all know that prayer is important, right? We all know that. But if you're anything like me, reading about these giants of prayer, and even personally knowing some great prayer warriors today, well, I'm a little intimidated. I don't know about you, but I'm a little intimidated sometimes. They, they seem so far beyond myself. And sometimes because of that, we may be tempted to despair or, or to give up. Well, let me remind you, beloved, that God always meets you where you are. God always meets you where you are, and He begins to move you deeper and deeper if you will pray and submit to Him. Start where you are. Don't try to pray like somebody else. Start where you are and begin. That said, though, it's always frustrated me when a preacher, myself included, calls us to pray, and then he doesn't give us any tools to help us. He doesn't give us any how-tos, any guidelines. So what I want to do just briefly this morning is recommend a few things that have worked for me through the years that have helped me grow uh, in prayers. And please know I'm still intimidated by some of the great prayer warriors that I know. I don't corner the market on prayer techniques. I'm still growing and learning like you. But hopefully some of these tools will help you uh, as you seek to be more intentional in prayer this year. I find that without some sort of organized plan, I tend to be very repetitive in my prayers. Now, for some things, we're going to be repetitive. Most of us are going to pray for our spouse and, and for our children and for our parents. We're going to do that repeatedly. But I, if I want to expand my prayer life, I find that I need a plan. I need a plan. And the plan I've used most is the acronym or the acrostic that many of you already know, you've probably heard before, is ACTS, A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And I just want to consider each one. Uh, adoration simply means that we come into God's presence and we praise Him. Specifically, we're praising God for who He is in adoration. And let me add that I find it helpful in my private prayer time, especially to sit still and to breathe deeply before I pray. I, I find I'm learning that breathing deeply helps me to remove some of those, my scattered distractions and to let go of those and to focus on God. As I said, though, adoration is praising God. So I find it very helpful here to use another practice and that is to pray along with scriptures, specifically the Psalms. So one quick example, Psalm 8.1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. So I might read that and begin to pray, Lord, our Lord, wow, you're my Lord. Lord, I praise you that you're my Lord, that you're our Lord, that you've come to us. How majestic is your name? And, and there I might would pray, Lord, you are majestic. Your name is above every name. And I praise you for that. Uh, when it says you've set your glory above the heavens, that would be a place where I'd say, Lord, you, 
Your glory is above all else. And I want my life to give you glory. And I would just praise Him uh, in that. Next is confession. Confession is what it sounds like. Uh, it means to, to acknowledge before God that we have sinned. That we have fallen short of God's glory. That we're going to turn from our sin. We want to repent in that moment. And we want to ask God for forgiveness. And by the way, some people who use this acrostic choose to do confession first because they feel like they need to confess their sins before they go and adore God. Either way is fine. Uh, this is not about being rigid. It's just to give you some tools. Um, in confession, uh, we not only want to confess the sins we know about, but we want to pause here and ask God, God, is there any hidden sin in my life? Is there anything you want to reveal to me uh, that needs to change? If we're brave enough, this is a place to pray Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, Lord, and lead me in the way everlasting. Just one way to confess along with, with Scripture. Next is thanksgiving. And here we thank God for what He has done for us. We might thank God for a roof over our head, for food on our table. We might thank God for health or for restoring our health. This is a good time to, to thank God for answered prayer. Uh, in the morning, I like to thank God just as, I, as my feet hit the floor. Lord, thank you for breathing life into me another day. At the end of the day, I like to thank Him for the close of the day and all that's happened that day. This is a time to thank God for family and friends. This is a time to thank God for your church family. It's a time to thank God for His saving grace. And here's another place where praying along with the Psalms might be helpful. Psalm 118.1 says, give me, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And you might just thank God there. What some ways God's been good to you? God, you've been good to me. I, I've got a job. You've been good to me. I, I've got clothing. I've, I've got a car to drive. And Lord, you've been loving to me. You saved me by your grace, and I want to thank you for that. There's, of course, overlap between adoration and thanksgiving. In adoration, we thank God for who He is. In thanksgiving, we thank God for what He has done. But God does good things, right? Because God is good. God does loving things because God is love. So it's hard to separate adoration and thanksgiving sometimes. They're, they're together, really. And often in my prayer, I combine the two. A worthwhile exercise, I think, would be to slowly read through the Psalms and begin to list just all the ways that we should adore God and thank God and make that list and keep it by where you pray and just work your way through that list, uh, adoring and thanking God. And finally, there's, there's supplication. We, we know about this one. This is where we, we ask uh, for answers uh, to prayers. We, we make our requests. Uh, 
I heard this week, and I was thinking about it because of <laughs> school, and I think there's, there's even a chance to snow <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> tomorrow. And uh, there was a little girl that the whole class, of course, was out because of, of snow. And uh, when she went back to the, to the room, she was the first one in the room, and the teacher said, well, I hope while you were out of school because of snow that you did something productive. And the little girl said, I did. I prayed for more snow. <laughs> We, we, we tend to understand that one, right? That, that we ask for things in, in this section. We, we pray for the needs of others, which is intercession. And then we petition God is where we pray for ourselves. And one of the joys of a pretty uh, small and close-knit community is that we know a lot of people. And therefore, we hear of a lot of needs. But one of the burdens for a person of prayer is that we know a lot of people and we hear of a lot of needs. So I found that I need to organize my prayer list. I keep a notepad uh, in my desk drawer, and on that notepad uh, is where I list what I might call the current or immediate needs uh, of your family, of, of our community. That's where your name might appear if you tell me you've got an upcoming surgery or, or you've got an illness you're dealing with. Uh, that's also a place where I record things like uh, the officer's retreat that we had this weekend and to remind me to be praying over it. Uh, I've put the, uh, the youth mission trip this summer on that list to begin praying uh, over that. <laughs> Uh, I might also put there a crisis that's going on, like in Israel and the Ukraine, just to remember to pray for those kind of things. Um, sometimes when that list is manageable, I'll pray over the whole list that day. But when it's not, it takes repeated, you know, repetition, multiple days to pray through that list. I don't necessarily try to pray through it all at one time. We can get bogged down sometimes when we do that. But for years, what has worked for me uh, is I keep an index box uh, in, in my office as well. Um, and all your names are listed in uh, this index box in alphabetical order. I've taken them out today because there's confidential matters listed in here, and I don't want uh, anyone to see those confidential matters. But it's locked up in my office. I get that out. Um, I pray through, you know, the, the, uh, the A's one day, the B's the next day, the C's the next, and I continue on until I get to Z and I start over again. Uh, I like to include our missionaries in that list so that I can remember to pray for the missionaries. And uh, it's just one way to be intentional about prayer. And, and I'm not going to try to fool you and tell you that I, I manage to do that every day, but that's, that's my goal is to, to pray through uh, that order. Uh, you can get an index box anywhere or a recipe box. And, of course, there's apps that do that uh, as well, but I find the apps cumbersome. So this is just an easy way uh, to have a list uh, in my hands uh, for prayer. Just a way to organize. I, I just find that I need tools. And I don't know about you, but uh, it always helps me to have a new idea or another tool that I might use in my prayer walk. ACTS, uh, one acrostic, uh, one way to structure your prayer. I also like the acrostic pray, praise, repent, ask, and yield. I'll use that to remind me to pray. Uh, a new favorite of mine that I am uh, really just started using in 23, I knew about it in 22, but I really got started using it in 23, uh, is the app Lectio 365. 
And it uses the uh, acrostic pray as well. P is to pause and be still. Uh, R is rejoice over a psalm and reflect over Scripture. Uh, A is ask as you see, and then Y is yield again to God's will. One thing I like about this app is that uh, it includes meditating on Scriptures, and we'll cover some of that next week. Uh, But you can read the text in this app, or you can play it audibly, and you can just follow along as someone else reads the prayers and reads the text. And then there's times for you to pause and pray. And by the way, the readers on this app have great British accents, so you, you, might, uh, you might enjoy that. I've also included a brief uh, a list of resource books on the back of your handout this morning. Uh, but I want to give you a word of caution on those resources. For a long time, and by the way, I have more resources if you want them. I have a shelf uh, in there that has additional resources. But word of caution here. At one point in my life, I was reading everything I could find on prayer. I was just devouring books on prayer and downloading them from the Kindle and other things. And, and I go to seminars and, and someone would recommend another book on prayer and, and I would buy it. And finally, at some point, the Lord all but smacked me upside the head and said, quit reading and get to praying. Quit reading and get to praying. So can I urge you, get to praying. Begin wherever you're at and begin to pray. I know so many of you already pray, I know that, but let's, let's make it more intentional in this new year. And let's see and rejoice in what God's going to do as we're more intentional in our prayers. Well, let's pray together this morning. Lord, just uh, modeling that simple acrostic, we, uh, we adore you. We praise you. We give you all our worship and give you all the glory. We also come and we confess, Lord, that we are sinners that we all fall short of your glory. We also come with thanksgiving in our hearts. We can name blessing upon blessing, and we are thankful for those blessings. We also come and continue to pray and lift up the needs that were mentioned this morning. We rejoice in the ways you're already answering those prayers as we've asked them. And we continue in a spirit of prayer to lift up each need. In a spirit of prayer, we lift up the unspoken needs that folks are holding in their hearts even now. And Lord, we commit to be more intentional in a season of prayer this year with You. Lord, just stir us throughout our day to come to You and to walk with You and to be in relationship with you. We ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace today and forevermore. Amen.